0: Hello and welcome to Spooky Points Articulated, a podcast where we try to unravel the mysteries of corn and stonehenge. I'm Jimmy.
1: I'm Rob. I'm Patrick.
2: And I'm Amy.
1: Oh boy. I'm really excited to talk about the movies we have lined up today. (laughs) But, you know, we have like a new Scream movie coming out and that kind of made me like contemplative about slasher films in the
3: genre of horror nowadays. So personally, yeah, I don't even find... Slasher movies that scary anymore? They're kind of like I I go to watch some people get stabbed. I, I don't want to think about it that way, but I think that's just how our culture evolved. I don't know. Maybe when did when the first like Michael Myers? Come out was that fifty years ago? Now forty years ago? I don't want to think I, about that. I mean, yeah, I think it was like
1: close to fifty years ago. Is it the seventies or the eighties? Uh, I want to say like mid to late seventies. Someone yeah, fact check this so we're not like right. yeah, a like,
3: podcast that doesn't know what they're well, talking about. <laughs> I also don't want to think that this was half a century ago. That's terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, it's like back then. Yeah, it was really spooky when someone was, you know, running around trying to kill you for no reason. Maybe some supernatural going on behind it.
1: See, so, yeah, it was 1978. So yeah, late 70s.
3: That's 45 years ago. I mean,
2: Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs>
3: I, I know right you think about it like it was just yesterday but i don't know like i grew up
1: on freddy krueger and jason and stuff like that the new scream is this marketed as like a
3: suspense thriller movie or is it marketed as like a horror movie i'm not gonna lie to you. i think i've only seen the trailer once and i don't care about it <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but also i mean there hasn't been like a slasher movie that's been popular in a long time that hasn't been based off one of these franchises from the like seventies to nineties period.
1: Say something like Saw or God forbid uh what's that one overblown franchise? Um The Purge. Oh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so the question is, is like these Gorefest death filled movies are are
3: these like natural evolutions of slashers or like I, I think people were just looking for more extreme versions of like murder porn. That's the It just kept getting crazier and crazier to the point
2: where you got like Saw which was literally just torture porn Like, well I think there's been a shift of like individual people doing like Saw it's one guy and then you know followers of him doing these things whereas The Purge it's like it's an institutional problem it's not just one guy it's that our society we live in a society (laughs) our society as a whole is what's causing this violence? So, is it becoming more
1: of a statement on who we are as a people nowadays? Horror is always like a statement about something, about humanity, and like if we look at those things as like the evolution of
3: maybe slashers. How did slashers or was it like, being afraid of like the weird guy in town or the, the weird guy in town, or the weird person, being person out drifting alone through? By yourself? And nowadays it's, like, less afraid of the one person and more afraid of, like, maybe the collective mind and what happens when many people get together for a good slaying, I guess.
1: Like, I, don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that, like, we see the end of the slasher, like, in the 90s, and then, like, in the early 2000s, suddenly we have movies like Saw. I feel like these are things, like, they're definitely feeding into them. So the real question is, when do we circle back and slashers become cool again? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I know slashers are still a thing on the indie scene, just not on the main scene. I know they're making a lot of, like, smaller movies. Yeah. What was the recent one? Was it, like, Valentine of the Dead? Or it was was some weird... (laughs) Probably something of the dead. (laughs) No, 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 I I don't know. It was some weird... It was an actual slasher movie where this guy, I think, showed up on, like, Valentine's Day. Oh, My Bloody Valentine. There you go. That movie. And then they made, was it My Valley 3D? Yeah, they had to. Because like, the, that was I, the era where like, 3D was big. But that I'm not gonna lie, that's like the most recent like slasher movie I kind of remember, and
1: that's not even like I completely the, forgot about that movie until you mentioned
3: it. Exactly that's <laughs> that, that's what modern slashers are. You see it cool in the moment, I guess, and then you forget about it. They kind of don't uh, leave
2: anything for you to remember anymore. I think part of it, too, is that there was this big fear of like, oh, our nice, you know, middle class white suburbs are safe and nothing can hurt us here. And but then here comes this guy who can infiltrate into this and still hurt you. Whereas I view that it's not been safe for a very long time, you know, due to domestic terrorism and... Though crime rates have gone down, reporting has gone up, and so, like, people feel they're more unsafe, and so it's not as much of a thing that, like, is such a shock to go see in the movies that, like, oh, someone would come in and, like, try to hurt you. Like, people are already thinking that this is going to happen.
3: I also just pulled out my phone look at the BuzzFeed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. 14th school shooting. We're, like, three weeks into the year. It's like... Yeah. Cool, I'm desensitized, I don't care. So, like, the internet and,
1: like, the post nine eleven 11 like, landscape, you guys think that, like, the world is now such a scary place, a dude with, like, a machete is just not enough to scare us anymore. Yeah. Wait, you're, like, you're gonna give me the sweet release of death? Please, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it's only a machete, thank God. I thought I was gonna get Anthrax in the mail. Like... So if you do want to have some fun with, like, classic slasher-style movie construction, but also, like, just have a good time, um I recently rewatched Club Dread with Pat and Eric and man
3: that movie is as good as I remembered it being. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun wild ride. I don't know why I saw that more as a comedy and less as a horror movie. Oh, it was definitely, definitely it was exactly. definitely a comedy. Yeah. Like but <laughs> is it wrong to say that I see a lot of these movies like that nowadays more as like I'm going to go in there for some cheap laughs and watch some people make some really dumb mistakes. For no reason at all. It's like, man, I'll never forget the line Oh no, I'm not Machete Phil.
1: I'm Machete Steve.
3: (laughs) Man, makes you wonder if there was actually a Machete Phil (laughs) out there still. The fact that he
1: had to distinguish it means there probably was a Machete Phil at some point.
3: (laughs) He might still be out there. He's just upset. All the people are dead. He shows up late by like a day. (laughs) Where's (laughs) my penis? What happened here? What
2: the fuck are you guys talking about? It's Club Dread.
0: Is this gonna be I... someone's movie choice in the future?
1: <laughs> I feel like that'd be really good for like an April Fools' episode because it's it just it's it just takes the piss out of all of like the spring break slasher movie type things where like these people lock themselves on an island with no boats to party. And then it's just like, oh, a serial killer starts killing people.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And we won't spoil anything else. Yeah.
2: So in the vein of things that used to be considered scary, that um, (laughs) modern generations might not find so scary, um, this month we watched Children of the Corn, uh, made in 1984, based off of the Stephen King story. Um, I think none of us had seen it before, right?
3: Yeah. I um, thought I did,
1: but apparently that was a
3: feature drink. I saw one of them, and at this point, there's too many. Man.
1: <laughs> How do you make a sequel of this story?
0: I mean, there's, like, more children. How many
3: haunted cornfields are there?
1: <laughs> but wasn't, like, 90% of the kids is kind of convinced by this dude going, like, Hey, isn't it bad to kill people?
0: I mean, there there's some, like, religious zealot 12-year-old girl who got knocked out and left in a car.
3: With a dead body.
0: (laughs) With a dead body.
1: He'll
3: probably just pen the murder on her. It's fine. Try to figure out, did he forget about the dead body in the trunk at that point? Yeah. Because he just had a fun day, a fun night. So our
1: focus (laughs) is a guy named Bert who is kind of a patronizing, terrible boyfriend slash husband who literally just bumbles his way into a plot that he really had no business being in.
2: Yeah, if, if you've never seen the movie before, the basic gist is that um, there's some entity who lives in the cornfields of this town. The one who lives behind the roads. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Who convinces the children of the town to murder everybody else. Um, what was the story? If, you, if you're over the age of 18,
3: you have to, like, die or sacrifice yourself for... Yeah, on the, your 19th the, birthday. The corn god or whatever. The corn demon. I feel like this movie just
1: kept introducing concepts and then, like, in a very David Lynch-style refused to, like, elaborate on any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, here's this ritualistic sacrifice and we're
3: all gonna drink his blood. Cool, why do you do that?
0: Outlander! <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly impressed these kids kind of, like, survive with a good way of life for three years without anybody outside noticing. They kept mentioning, was it the town of, like, Hem- Hemingsway or Heminglight or whatever? I mean, and it's like it's clearly
1: like, terrible. Neighbors. It's,
3: like, 20 miles away. You'd th- you think someone would have checked once in three years. <laughs> you be like, hey, my, my brother over there lives, you know, let's go visit him for Thanksgiving.
1: I mean, yeah, there's there's some, like, logical holes in this, <laughs> like, this setup. Let's just think about it this way. Like, there's Pepsi vendors. Like, you got... Restaurants and like grocery stores in town. Pepsi vendors have to come out and deliver all of your Pepsi products. If all of the adults are dead, did they keep like a dude alive to like cancel all these orders, or were they just like killing drivers as they came in? No, no, that was the. And gas- eventually, Pepsi was just like, "No, we're not gonna look into
3: this. We lost like three <laughs> drivers, and, like four shipments. were done." No, the, you know it was the gas station attendant. He kept them out. <laughs> I mean, but
1: that that doesn't work that way, because, like, these guys would be, like, they would know people in town.
0: Like, maybe that's why they waited until the 19th birthday, so they can have the 18-year-olds just be the adults.
1: Oh, yeah, because, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, new, working for this... Oh, don't mind all the corn. We just had like a weird corn it's sprouting just in the cafe.
0: Corn things.
1: He's like, you know, we do not want the Pepsi. We, we don't want the Pepsi. We're making corn-based soda now. I'm sorry. Don't come back. Isn't isn't Pepsi a corn-based soda? I mean, I mean yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or they could add even more corn. It's
1: like, uh, why, why drink Pepsi when you can just drink high fructose corn syrup? <laughs> there's there's an efficiency to living life as a child. So is this movie just Peter Pan? Who is Peter Pan?
2: Peter Pan doesn't kill adults, though. <laughs> he I mean, just doesn't want to be an adult.
1: I mean, but, like, the only way to not be an adult is to kill them.
3: <laughs> you can't be
1: an adult if you die on your 19th birthday. <laughs> it's
3: like, while watching the movie, we're, like, literally talking about it. What happens to the last kid when he turns 19? Does he crucify himself? I mean, I'm not, Does he I'm leave saying. town and spread the gospel? Like,
1: if, theoretically, in 10 years, this problem solves itself. <laughs> Like this, this entity is clearly tied to the cornfield. Just don't move into this clearly haunted town.
3: Or Boom. Just, or does problem solved? Or does the entity in the cornfield eventually become powerful enough to leave the cornfield? It's never answered. But I mean, nothing's ever an- like. Why is this little
1: girl psychic, and why does it matter? It, like. It basically didn't matter. <laughs> no,
3: no, the, the adults never looked at like, the song Like, Isaac's
1: like, oh man, she's a seer, this is important. And it's just like, well, like, Isaac, you kind of did nothing but say, I'm important. <laughs> like, you literally walked around screaming, I am important, and talk shit to your number one killer for, like, the entire movie. And you were, like, surprised Pikachu face when
3: people turned against you. <laughs> Are they making... Were they making fun of or a jab at, like, the preachers that do the same thing for money? I mean,
1: there was, like, a weird religious through-line, like, a commentary on, like, Christian morals towards the end there. And, like I said, maybe, like, giving Stephen King the pen of the doubt, maybe that was handled better in his novel. But, man, it was just sloppy here. It was definitely, like, just heavy-handed.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, him yelling at the children. It's a false religion unless you have love and compassion. And it beats the shit <laughs> out of the child.
3: Smack's child doesn't say anything leaves like a Chad.
1: <laughs> it's okay. You never have to kill the child and you can remain good because the demon will just, I guess
3: for some reason, kill him for you. <laughs> That's like... Like that whole movie could have just been solved if he just listen to the gas station attendant and took the left at the fork. Yep. Because, yep. you know, clearly Bert doesn't listen to anybody except himself. Big brain plane for the gas, gas station attendant. Give him
1: directions. Be like, oh, I need to grab something from in town myself. Get in the car with him, with your dog, and just leave. It's... No one would have been able to stop
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, as soon as that scene was happening, Rob saw the dog. He's like, oh no, I need to Google if this dog dies. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, bad news.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, any time you're watching a horror movie, like, does the dog die? Um, There's a great website to find out, does the dog die? They also tell you if you have to see the animal on screen, which thankfully in this one you don't. Because that dog looked like a good boy and he had a stylish uh, bandana. Bert is such an
3: infuriating character. I
1: wanted him to die
3: so bad. He couldn't be, he can't pick up any of the red flags going on. And then toward the end, I think he kind of became a hypocrite to himself where it's like, what do you guys do and not fall the rules? It's like, blah, blah, this, that, this is like, okay, let's all leave town now.
1: Like his girlfriend slash why, like he refused to explain anything to her. It was just like, Hey, just, Lock yourself in the car while I go. And she's like, why? Don't worry about it. Just stay in the car. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker.
3: I need to go to the cornfield. It's calling my name. <laughs> I have to go return some videotapes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it was hard to root for anybody in this movie. Besides like the two little kids who were resistant against Isaac and Malachi. Which can we talk about Isaac and Malachi? Because like <laughs> the I especially the actor for Isaac, I'm like, damn kid, you really nailed like that like egotistical, judgmental like way that you know overly religious people can speak and act. And I'm like, how did this child do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really upsetting
1: that like he didn't really go on to do it, like much else. That is, like, really good
3: acting for a child. (laughs) The only successful actor out of this was uh, Linda Hamilton. Everybody else kind of, like, petered off and maybe did some TV shows and stuff, but nothing fantastic. What Gaby was saying was that uh, Malachi and uh, Isaac, the child actors, actually tried really hard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Malachi made me really hate him and want to punch him in the face. But he did it in, like, a good way and not, like, a condescending way or anything. It looked like he was having fun playing the role.
1: It's like, this this really did feel like an atmosphere where, like, the children did feel like they were in charge. And, like, you could tell on screen that, like, the child actors and, like, the adult actors in this were, like, on the same pecking order. They exchanged lines, and you really felt they were, like, equals, and this was, like, a situation where, like, these children are a credible threat. That's actually, like, surprisingly really solid about this film. Mm. You know Job and Sarah, they've, like, been through this whole thing. They realize they're in a fucked up situation. They're still kids, like, playing Monopoly. That is
3: really wild to me. Does anybody want to talk about those special effects at the end? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I saw a fire tornado going through this cornfield did we watch an exorcism happen no, I, I think uh i think
1: someone described the scene of isaac's death with nebraskan space program
3: <laughs> oh yeah when they shot when they shot the corn cross to <laughs> it's like yeah look nebraska space program taking flight one day they'll make it they'll spread the gospel to mars or the moon or something
2: Um, but yeah, it was definitely interesting to watch, but I don't know that I would classify it as, like, scary or, like, horrifying, like, at all.
1: The passage of time has definitely turned this movie into more funny than actually anything horrifying.
3: I feel like it would have been scarier if there was more common sense since, like, they didn't have a way out of this town for, like, three-fourths of the movie. Because that that's no. what makes like good horror video games, right? Like lack of control in some like, aspects of
1: your circumstances. Like if right? they if they were, yeah.
3: <laughs> if they like pulled into town and they got out of the car or it like broke or it like drove over some road spikes or something, and now you're kinda trapped. Alright, Jimmy. Uh-huh. You're making a children of the corn horror
1: game. <laughs> what would you change about the plot to like make this work for the modern
3: age? Hmm. So that first kid explodes all <laughs> over the car. <laughs> No, that's going too far.
0: Or that might work.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I they, mean they just packed him with C four and just well, like,
0: uh, that solves the problem of getting rid of the car.
3: They just they just swarmed the car with knives well, and yeah. sickles. It's, like, no, well, the rain, like,
0: <laughs> you just get rid of the car. You get rid of all you need to do is just make a left turn and make it so the only way forward is through that town. The, like, the, the...
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just get rid of the gas station attendant. Just have them figure out which town to go to, but both towns are owned by the Children of the Corn.
2: <laughs> I also think just get rid of Bert. Like, just have the woman be the lead. Oh, if it was just the woman, that would have been a
3: terrifying movie. It's just like you just show up into town. I
0: mean, you can have Bert. He just immediately dies. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, yeah. If Bert died. Give us going that satisfaction. Finally, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah.
3: It's like Bert walked into that cornfield, got got, and then all of a sudden, the next scene is like his head. Hitting the windshield,
0: because that that would establish a threat immediately, like, rather than yo. just random children. Well, it's like, because
1: okay, you don't even have to blow up the car; you just keep the opening the same. Bert's like, "Stay in the car," and she's like, "What's going on?" He doesn't answer. He goes in the cornfield and then literally never comes back. Is <laughs> killed in the cornfield. <laughs> then you take control. Uh... Vicky. They barely say her name in this yeah. <laughs> But then you take control of Vicky, and now it's Children of the
3: Core. Yeah, now it's like, at this point, it's like fight or flight. It's like, I need to get out of here. I i don't care. It's like, screw that kid we ran over. I need to leave. It's like, if you want to make it extra atmospheric because it's 2022, you throw his head at the car, throw an <laughs> arm at the car or something. I don't know, or you slowly see his, like, body get raised up on one of those crosses in front of you. That'd be wild. Oh,
1: that'd be, like, the situation where, like, you finally find out he's dead. You just see him up on a cross. And then that's when you finally get the car keys, and you go back, and there's corn in oh, the no, car. Oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> it's
3: like, at that point, you know, wait, why did Bert take the car keys? <laughs> I need to get the car keys. Oh, no. And now you're in, like a sus- like, a suspense horror movie. There's that one meme we mentioned
1: while we were watching it that makes it so it's hard to make this an actual horror movie, where it's just like, how many waves of fifth graders can you take before they take you down? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Do they they have knives or no? I mean, they have knives. I think you do too.
2: I mean, this movie was also guilty of the, there's like a whole circle of like people around them, but for some reason, they only fight. One at a time. <laughs> well,
3: I mean, it's rude to bum-rush someone. <laughs> I feel like that's also realistic. Kids
1: aren't very confident. Well, there's also, like, a deference to Malachi, where it's sort of like he's the representative force of violence for their group. It's like, Malachi, go fight him one mano a mano. Like, like they probably betrayed Isaac because they viewed Malachi as, like, this invincible champion of their dark
3: god. And then Bert just, like, punched him twice. And then, <laughs> and then they just all flock to him, I guess. Because, you know, every time I see a movie with kids in it, kids are fucking stupid. And they'll just follow <laughs> the strongest thing in front of them. Case in point, Children of the Corn. Speaking of wild corn movies, we also just recently watched Sharks of the Corn. Now, think for think for a minute. What, what, what do you think Sharks of the Corn is about? Whatever you just thought you were
1: completely wrong. It's... <laughs>
3: whoever made this movie it's like what was it is it, it was uh Tim Ritter yeah. Ritter yeah Tim Ritter Tim Ritter, Ritter. this Directed dude is, and written. yeah this dude is insane he he put every movie idea you could probably think of and just slammed it into one good be movie
1: so like surprisingly like this dude has done like a lot of movies starting back from, like 1984. It looks like he took, like, a couple years' break, like, in between, like, the 80s and the 90s and then just kept going. It's wild to me that you could be making movies for 30, no, 40 years, and, like, still somehow not... You know? Be good at it? <laughs> I mean, the question is, no. is he good at it? I, is he
3: actually bad at making movies? Was like, some of this just on purpose? Like, we need, we have to agree, the movie was bad... But the plot carrying it somehow fit together by the end, and I don't know how. (laughs) And I think it takes a crazy mad evil genius to, like, put all these subplots and genres and just things going on and, like, actually packaging it up and ending on, like, a solid term. It's like, I didn't need to understand parts of this. Alright, so I'm going to try to summarize
1: the plot of Sharks and the Corn (laughs) as, (laughs) like, simply as I can. So Sharks of the Corn opens up with a shark attack in a cornfield. Um the obligatory horror horny couple.
2: I, I do want to make a note of saying there is no water in this movie. You
1: know, this takes place in landlocked Kentucky. This
2: is, the sharks are just in the corn.
1: And they can't leave the cornfield. There is a special barrier in place keeping them in the cornfield. I,
3: I, I guess um, the corn is their water, if you want to think about it no, that way. There's
1: just a barrier over the yeah. cornfields that keep them there. But also, like, this movie, like, does a lot of mental gymnastics and assume that all cornfields are connected somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but going beyond that, so essentially there's a random shark attack. And then we also meet this serial killer who kills people by biting them with shark jaws. <laughs> this guy's a serial killer who's also a cultist for the cult of Chichi Metal. A shark goddess who is going to transform all of them into great white shark human beings and they're getting the information for how to complete this ritual through the electromagnetic signals coming from stonehenge to give them the celestial revelations
2: and of course to stop in, them in, in post can 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 we put some uh sound effect of thunder when you say stonehenge i will try to, i will try
1: to figure out how to like add Thunder sound effects every time we say the word stone. Get, like <laughs> pots and pans.
3: Wait, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This this is just scratching the surface. Yeah, wow, this, this is just <laughs> part of
1: it. So meanwhile, the CIA gets uh, a hint that, that all of this is happening, and they send one dude who hires two other dudes to go and steal the thirteenth stillborn pup of chi Metal from their facility to take it to him, so he could take it to the mafia. So the mafia can buy it, and so he could secretly figure out what they want this for. Um, I'm sorry. Give me one moment. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get this straight. He gives it to them, I guess, deciding he can trust them. And then two of them get mauled by sharks. They turn against him. And then they're in a helicopter. Like, the the mafia's in a helicopter for the rest of the movie, specifically for payoff for one specific line about sharks at the beginning of the movie. Surprisingly, the Mafia's kind of the good guys in this movie. They would have been good guys if they were not in the helicopter. Also, like, the greatest helicopter
3: headset of all time is in this movie. (laughs) I I think it's it's just, like, a set of Astros with a mic dangling from this dude's ear. (laughs) I mean, like, a full-blown mic. They just... Hung it from his ear. Like, we didn't notice at first, and then then Rob went like, wait, what? (laughs) And once you see it, you'll never be able to unsee it, so you're welcome.
1: And then there's another plot, which I guess is the main plot that I don't want to spoil too much of if you, like, watch it. But man, it's stupid, too. So yeah, this movie was solidly better than Children of the Corn, I'd say.
2: Well, it also, one of the reasons we watched Children of the Corn was to find out does sharks have the corn have any inspiration from it and the answer is no <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is no parallels besides corn <laughs> except for maybe grenade bitch <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, from what
3: I looked into was it uh, sharks and the corn is technically a rip on jaws yeah because it's kind of a we gotta shot close for, the cornfield. Yeah, yeah, it's a shot-for-shot shot remake of Jaws, but in a cornfield? Yeah, in Kentucky.
1: <laughs> Man, and, I miss the part in Jaws where, like, the goddess of the great white chichi metal came down. And our boy, Sasquatch, from the top ropes, came in with his mighty rock and smote her protector.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that... I'm starting I, I, to feel
1: like Sharks of the Corn is a lot like JoJo, where I can just keep saying shit that happened, and you don't have the context, and it's technically not a spoiler. <laughs> like,
3: they mention Bigfoot once, like, ten minutes into the movie, and you're like, oh, cool, they're talking about Bigfoot, UFOs, this, that, and then, like... Oh, yeah, alien growth hormone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then, like, last ten minutes of the movie, Bigfoot just shows up out of the cor- corn, RKO's the shit out of a, like, a shark bodyguard. <laughs> Says nothing, and turns leaves. around, leaves like a total Chad. <laughs> and our characters just look at each other going, was that Bigfoot? And it's like, yeah. And they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then no one ever brings it up again. It's like, I knew he was real. Man.
1: <laughs> what the fuck were we watching? <laughs> so, I'm,
3: I'm not gonna lie, I found this movie by accident because I didn't want to rewatch the new Matrix movie <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> And when I when I passed by it, I was just like, "Hey, look, Sharks of the Corn!" And kept going, and they were freaking out, going, "Go back! We need to watch that
1: movie." It was a hive mind moment. Like (laughs) we're going through Amazon Prime, you just see Sharks of the Corn. How do you like? No matter who you are, how do you not see the name Sharks of the Corn? It doesn't mean (laughs) I need to see this movie,
3: or I will die. I don't know. It was it was a worthy. Was it like hour and a half? Mm -hmm. I I I do not regret watching this movie. I regret watching Children of the Corn. But I, don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't regret Children of the Corn. I regret Bert. Yeah. We don't have a Bert in this
1: movie as far as I know. Yeah, Bert in this movie was the serial killer.
2: Yeah. No.
3: That dude was too full of himself to be Bert. That dude was having fun, and he knew what he wanted to do.
2: I just want to make a note that Rob is making the weird <laughs> chomping face that this weird cultist guy was making throughout the film. Oh my god, no cults!
1: We're still on cults.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can't escape. Yeah.
1: I thought for sh- for some reason These in my head, I was movies. like, "Oh, we we avoided cults completely." These are both fucking cult movies. <laughs> You're <right>. like <laughs> What is wrong with me
3: <laughs> you just love cult movies
1: what I say I, mean. I mean in both respects yes I actually just love cult movies I guess <laughs>
2: um I, I do want to note that if you're going to watch Sharks of the corn um, there's there's a couple of of mm, mm, not great. Uh, sentiments that are, are they, Shared <laughs> they,
1: they saved they saved the world by using the grenade That they got from like those heroic peaceful Protesters they kept talking about Yeah
0: uh. Kentucky's a wild place
1: <laughs> The only person who wears a face mask While COVID is happening Because COVID is canically happening While this movie is going on They mention it The only person who wears a face mask This entire movie Is the villain
2: yeah,
3: just want to say that secretly the good guy. He's just killing everybody without a mask. Come on, but yeah. Yeah, there, there, there but, is. How dare you compare him to Bert? That dude found twelve fetuses and like how many? Like, Ten years set this all off. <laughs> Murdered hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he didn't like get away. Thing. Like I don't know. He, for being a bad person and an evil man, he he's very good at it.
2: When you when you first. <laughs> see the scene of him murdering the one prostitute and she walks into his room and she sees this weird ass shrine to sharks and is like wow you must really like sharks this is so cool and then later you find out that it's well known that there's a serial killer going around killing people with shark jaws this rang no alarm bells for her
1: (laughs) I was just like, Oh yeah, you can bite me and he's like, Oh yeah, you're good at what you do. <laughs> this <is> like,
3: Bro. <laughs> what the fuck? But I love how everybody who he explained like the cult lore to never really like freaked out or anything. They're like, yeah, I've heard crazier stories <laughs> And he's just like, oh, you'll see when this happens.
2: The cop straight up did not believe him.
3: (laughs) Or did she believe him the most? (laughs) (laughs) She was playing some sort of game.
1: I mean, I think the game was like inconsistent characterizing. Mm
2: -hmm. I just need
1: a friend. I want to be important. Mm -hmm. Although I think the best part of this movie is still the dude eating the popcorn.
2: Sharks everywhere!
1: <laughs> Sharks in the popcorn!
3: Oh, the the other cop just sitting in the
1: back at HQ, just having the time of his life. That's the last time we see that dude. So like, it's my head cannon that like a shark ate him from the inside. <laughs> you just want him to die? Like he was literally going to like tell the sheriff, like, "Oh, I found a shark in the popcorn," and he's like, "Nah, I'm just gonna drink coffee instead."
3: I feel like the safest person in this whole movie was the guy who was arrested at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Although, he had an unfortunate... Watching that twice, I
1: definitely did hear a ripping sound whenever he sat down on the Scarecrow, which I think implies that the corn went up his ass when he passed out. So he also did get corned. He got corned, but he didn't get sharked.
2: Apparently country boys make do. (laughs)
3: I love how low budget this movie was. It's like, people, whoever made the prosthetics and the animations, it's like, they were having the time of their life doing it for probably the first time ever, and you saw they pretty much cared about it and were doing what they can, what they got. But I also love how they had the interrogation in the living room, but that was also the main chief's
2: office.
3: Like Loki, you know what Sharks in the
1: corner And
2: then they wanted posters in the background for Ted Bundy and the Zodiac killer.
1: <laughs> I did not see Ted Cruz once on
2: that wall.
3: <laughs> Ted Cruz. Two but, different people.
1: Like Loki though, this movie kind of reminded me of um Who Who Killed Captain Alex. Where it just felt this was like a community of people getting together and just having fun and being happy releasing a film. That that's that's kind of what this movie felt like to me. Because like you could, these guys had fun
2: yeah
1: they're just doing their best trying to act <laughs> and this when we get to like the cia guy and like the, the reporter in the cornfield at the end of the movie they're just having fun delivering one-liners and like watching the climax and it's just like okay we should probably do something instead of watching this like a bad movie and it's just like that's that's to me that's the culmination of the entire movie where it's like no this is conscious this is self-aware They're just having a good time here. They don't care how things look. They don't care about, like, you know, whether this is going to be received well. They just care about having fun and making this project. Yeah, to me,
2: the culmination of the movie is grenade, bitch.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was... (laughs) He just jumped up, and (laughs) slammed the grenade in her headdress. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) She's been... Planning for like five thousand years to come back, and everything was undone in like a minute by Bigfoot and a grenade.
1: Like most things in life.
3: It's like at that point, if I was a shark goddess, I wouldn't even be mad. The stars just aligned just to say no. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, sharks,
1: sharks survived. What four of the last five mass extinctions? What the fuck chance.
2: did Stonehenge have to do with any of this? <laughs> it
1: was the electromagnetic signals of Stonehenge that gave them the celestial revelations. Do so you
2: think after they? But ki- what does that? What does Stonehenge have to do with sharks? <laughs>
1: so, maybe it was built by Chichi Metal. I think that's the uh, that's the implication.
3: So you, you you think after they like actually kill killed her, does Stonehenge like break disappear? I mean, I, mean, I assume. No, I think it's fine. The druids will never be able to perform their rituals again. <laughs> yeah, the, the druids are, uh, the druids are screwed here. <laughs> Little did they know they were secretly worshipping a shark god. <laughs> like,
1: like, why Druid Hills? Why was the town called Druid Hills?
3: And Stonehenge? Like, Stowndend. was this a reference to,
2: like, the-, <laughs> the Wonderful! the <laughs> The entry to the town. <laughs> Welcome to Druid Hills.
3: Uh, just 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 a stick with a just, piece of just, like white paper, green construction paper with some corn tape
1: to it. I mean, that's the reference to uh, the Children of the Corn, just like corn husks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this town doesn't exist, but we'll make it exist. It's like yo, like you know, we might call this a bad movie, but like this is uh, we're having a great time right now. Like this is a movie that people need to watch.
2: It's entertaining. Yeah. That is for sure.
1: No, it is the most artistic (laughs) film that has a lot to say about society, but maybe not the right things.
3: I'm also surprised we didn't see anybody's, like, arm controlling the puppets of the sharks. (laughs) Because some of them are really bad CGI sharks just, like... I I, I will
1: never forget the scene where that kid's head just fucking bounced out of the (laughs) cornfield.
3: No, my boy. I told you not to play the frisbee with him.
1: Blame that on the ozone being gone, I
2: guess.
1: (laughs) See, as good as this is, I really do hope that this movie does not get a sequel. Like It was a perfect end. We got the fin. (laughs) With the bad end of no one being safe. Thinking about it, sequels in horror movies, I feel like a lot of the times they just do not land as well. I think we talked uh one point about paranormal activity and how like the newest one just like looks like an uninspired copy of a copy of a copy of like the original one.
3: Oh no, some shit moved, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> how many times can I make the shit move and be scary? <laughs>
1: hey man, the first one was like
3: like i understand they made like the 3 and they turned into like a little series where it's like okay the demons started here and then it followed them here okay cool but why are there 7 <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know we're in a, like an era where like everything's a franchise and everything's sequel you know i've kind of accepted that i guess <laughs> i think but i think in horror this like has a uh, especially like volatile relationship um let's take maybe like juan or um with a wreck um, first wreck, fantastic. Yeah, crazy. second wreck, they really went for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they did a lot.
1: Everything after that, now it's just like, oh, these were popular. These were like, you know, successful. Now we have to keep this going, even though it really doesn't make sense for it to keep going. Mm-hmm. I will milk you
3: until you are dry.
1: <laughs> like, I feel like this is especially damaging in horror, where like the more we learn about this, it's like. You know, lore is cool and all, but, like, the more we understand this, the less it's inherently horror,
3: and more just, like, the lore movies,
2: almost? <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of horror always is the unknown.
3: The less I know, the scarier it usually is, and if you just leave it there and have me thinking for ages, going, what the hell was that? Cool. But if you make another movie going, oh yeah, that was just this, it's like, oh... Well, now this first movie sucks now, too. <laughs> now the second movie is just a lore dump. Well, Why is I there a third it, movie? It coming? has
2: to do with how many sequels you make. Because I feel like you can still make one or two more movies after the original, where you're still keeping something secret while revealing things, you know? Just to develop it more without totally ruining the like suspense and horror part of it. But once you start getting into the fours, fives... And aboves, it. That's when it's like when they're you hit really leprechaun
1: back to the yeah.
2: <laughs> you you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for like new information, and you end up accidentally explaining everything.
1: Okay, so we'll, like take a look at like on where like I think pretty early in the franchise they tell us literally everything, but like because the storyteller st- story style is like vignettes and like almost like anthological with like a connecting plot, because like we don't know what. Kayako wants, which I think that's like the most important thing for your monster you they have to remain inhuman and un- understandable and like finding out at the end she just wants to like be reborn into a physical body. Why are you making more like Juon series like <laughs> after that
3: Well because we keep aborting the fetus Rob no no no, no. it's she, she was born it's done. no 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 we got there. We we gotta go back in the timeline. We gotta fix the, the fix the birthing, make, make an unbirthing. <laughs> I am the director. I can do whatever I want. I mean, that series does play around with the weird future past stuff.
1: It's like you're haunted because you will enter the house in the future, so you already have. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't don't think about the house. I think I mentioned, like, before we started recording, and this also, like, touches on slashers a lot, because slashers really like their sequels. I watched, like, almost every Friday the 13th movie in, like, one day, and it's, there's a certain point where you can feel that they're pulling things out of their ass. It's like, by the end of, like, the franchise, um, in, um, Jason Goes to Hell, they pull this random last blood relation to Jason Voorhees as the person who can finally murder him for good. <laughs> and that's all... And The only reason that exists is to set up the Freddy vs. Jason movie that was pushed back, like, a decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Freddy vs. Jason is canon to, like, Jason timeline, as well as Jason X taking place canically after all of that, but releasing before Freddy vs. Jason. Huh. Yeah, I know, I know too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's kinda like Pokemon where like I cannot get that mental space back. <laughs> Do you think they started with this vision or just kept going? I mean, the first one, absolutely not. Because the first one was like, like the villain was Jason's mom because she was mad that her kid died. Yeah. Um cool. because people were having sex. Which is why like the whole like trope of like Oh, teenagers having sex in the woods, getting married—like that was the original grudge of all of this. And then in this, like at the be- at the end of the first one, there's like this creepy moment where like the emaciated body of Jason came up and dragged someone underwater. And then in the second one, we get witchcraft that like keeps the anger at horny people alive within Jason. <laughs> <laughs> So he rises up out of the lake and starts, you know, this is where you actually get Machete Man Jason. So is there someone who owns, like, the rights
3: to Jason? I wouldn't know that offhand. Or is it just, like, everybody creates their own little story and they kind of mingle? Um,
1: for the most part, it was an ongoing canon. Like, there's, like, a point in the middle where it's just like, okay, time for another Jason movie. This this feels exactly like the last one. I, I wonder
3: if at some point they just, like... Went too deep and couldn't stop. Maybe that was the issue. I think it was just. It's like one of those things where, like, it was like Call of Duty. Where like, well, know why,
1: why not just keep making them? They keep making money. Well, I know <laughs> it's
3: like it's safe. We can kind of just remake it with a new kind of spin. That was about it. People oh. are gonna go see it because it's like, oh, it's a Jason movie, and it's it's a Jason
1: movie, and those movies were like ridiculously cheap to produce. You just needed the spot in the woods by the waterfront. Have a dude in, like, a fucking hockey mask just walking at people for two hours.
2: <laughs> well, also, I mean, was it, like, the same, like, group of, like, writers and, like, director? Because I don't think so, right? No,
3: yeah, no definitely yeah. not. So I wonder so... if there was, like, an overall, like, a storyboard people going for, like, the studios or whatever that were keeping this.
1: I think it was a lot like Kamen writer movies where, like, there's some people who, like, really cared about the canon. And there's other guys who's like, oh man, I'm getting paid to like kill these teenagers in the woods. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Die faster.
1: Yeah. It's like towards the end it felt like they were really trying to bundle things up. I feel like people were trying to do MCU style things for a very long time, and it just took so long to get the funding to do something like that. Because I feel like Freddy vs. Jason was supposed to be the kickoff of like a huge like horror movie, uh, crossover thing because there was like rumors of bringing michael myers into the mix for a sequel because technically like freddie was still alive within like jason's dreams and stuff so like there was like a whole thing with that um and obviously because as we discussed earlier slasher stuff was dying it just kind of didn't happen but at the same time, should it have? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. like, like, why the fuck did we need so many like Jason movies? Like, you could have written about
3: anything in the woods. Wow, those are one of those movies. Like, if I'm gonna watch the whole thing, like you are, I'm gonna turn on the background and half pay attention because I don't think I need to know the lore because it kind of just explains itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, like oh, I mean, like the t- at the time I watched this, I was like 13 or 14, and I didn't have a computer yet. So, like, whenever I deep-dived into something,
3: that was, like, all I was doing for an entire weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are more dedicated than I am. Don't keep making horror sequels. It keeps diluting it. I-, I
2: think I think if you do, just... I do think probably you want to keep the same people who worked on the original project. Um, or at least some of them. Instead of, like, restarting new and, like, people who think they know what the series is about. But maybe don't actually know what the series is about, <laughs> maybe
3: maybe go in with the idea of starting like a two or three part series movie and not just going, "Hey, the first one made money. what if what if we make a sequel? It's like Studio says, "Here's a bunch of money, Go for it." I mean
1: um, going back to rock, like it definitely seemed like they were planning on making more than one. From the end of the first one. Jimmy, you're like a big zombie guy, right? Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like, how many of, like, Night of the Living Deads have you seen?
0: Uh, All of them. Not all of them. Like, the newer ones I haven't seen. Okay. I think up to, like, Diary of the Dead.
1: I don't even think I've seen Diary of the Dead. Uh, I think I've seen Diary... Like... It's like, which one was the one where, like, the end of the movie, they actually dropped the nuke on the town, and then, like, the end of the movie, was it, like, raining... And it's just like you knew that, like, the radioactive fallout was just going to spread the problem.
0: Oh, uh... Are you talking Return about... Return of the Living Dead, I think?
1: Okay, yeah. Is that the one from, like, the 90s or the 80s? Was that the one with the goths in the cemetery, or is that, like... Just... I, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think, think it's, it's Return was, of I the living Dead. I think
0: you're talking
3: yeah. about the one that was...
0: It's not, like, technically in that series of, like, <laughs> Night, Day of the Dead, but... Yeah.
3: Yeah. You're talking about the one with the military, where they keep losing, like, the oh, zombie.
1: The, or the military that has, like, the toxic waste stuff. And yeah, they, yeah, like, and they keep, loo- they keep
3: losing it, and, like, it ends up in a town, and then it keeps reviving. Yeah. Man, that Those movies are fun, uh-huh. but are they bad? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at
1: that point, though, like, man, we really lost the sauce on, like, what kind of, like, slow burn, like, inevitable threat like, zombies are, just, like, building at your walls, and, like, oh.
3: the desperate attempts well, the, to survive. The them zombies they made in those movies were, like, unstoppable. Well, didn't
1: yeah. they? Is that the movie where, like, the zombies were talking and, like, were kind of funny?
0: I think so. Like, I think they had more, like, human humanity intact, like, and, but they, they were also like pretty much invincible. I or, that, nothing... was
1: like, that was when I was like, hey, who's the current president? And like the zombie's just like, uh, Eisenhower. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, fuck going to the hospital.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that was a rip on the like Night of the Living Dead movies. Because they made yeah. it more as, like, comedy based, but also, like, super gory and stuff. And they kept making fun of, like, that the military could never handle it. The people could never handle it. And no matter what we do, it's going to keep spreading. Because it's like, cool, you nuked it, but now it's in the groundwater or whatever.
1: I and mean, like, there's that, like, remake of Night of the Living Dead that they made pretty recently that was, like, so unremarkable I can barely remember it now. <laughs> I just remember being kind of pissed off about the ending. Maybe it's because someone actually survived.
3: <laughs> he wants people to die.
1: I mean... Like, usually it's like, you know, all my homies hate nihilism. But there's something beautiful about the nihilism of the original Night of the Living Dead. We're like, we have this dude who's obnoxious, like, we have to put ourselves in the basement. Or, like, we won't survive the night. And that ends up being the objectively correct play that they have to, like, that that our, like, main character has to play at the end to survive. Even after getting, like, getting through the night. Like, just the tragedy of just, like, looking through the blinds and, like, someone's just like, oh, I see something moving in there. There can't possibly be a survivor. And shoots him. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is just such a a nice, cold, empty way to end your film. Mm-hmm. And then they have to make more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the real horror. losing Losing the magic of, like, that first movie you watch and, like, seeing it turn into a caricature of itself.
0: I guess, like, well, the Night of the Living Dead thing continuing with, like, the sequels for Night of the Living Dead were pretty much, like, separate stories yeah, and not just, like, continuing or going deeper into the whole zombie thing.
1: It was more of, like, a, anthological, like, how it is, like, different scenarios handle the zombie threat type thing.
3: Yeah. I know in a lot of, like, sort of the newer ones, the zombies kept evolving into more of, like, human-like. Like, they... I know one of them was a Diary of the Dead. Like, the zo- one of the zombies, like, started learning how to, like, talk and use a gun. So I know we were bashing on, uh, what you call it, sequels. Is there any, like, big benefits to having them, at least? I know you guys are talking about Juwan.
1: Yeah, Juwan's pretty good. Like, also, like, oh, one thing I would want to bring up is, like, man, why would you ever make a sequel to Ringu? <laughs> Because the entire plot of that movie is discovering the truth behind this malevolent force, mm-hmm. there's nothing left this like you know you know Loki that Sadako is like the child of a psychic woman and some kind of eldritch entity, and you know that like there is no place in her. She's just gonna kill you unless you spread her mind virus, boom the end that's, that's, <laughs> what is what what is there left to explore? Unless like we're going like full Eldritch Horror and we're learning more about her parentage or something. As far as like sequels, I mean I guess I did go on about like Friday the thirteenth a bit. The Deep Lore. The Deep Lore. The deep lore. And like sometimes I do love a good lore movie. At that point, is it even like horror anymore? <laughs> like <laughs> I,
2: I think okay, I, I I have an example of like what I view as like a good sequel is like House of a Thousand Corpses into Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's the same characters, you know, that are still doing, like, horrible, gory things, but in the original, it, in House of a Thousand Corpses, it's, it's more of an establishing thing of, like, this is what they do when they're comfortable at home in their own, like, realm. Dr. Satan! <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Devil's Rejects is like, okay, now they're going out into the world and, like, how they interact in that environment. And, again, you know, same creator, same director, same, like, people working on the whole project to keep that, um like, core of it still intact. Like, I think that's just a very good example of how to do a good sequel, even if you weren't maybe originally planning on doing a sequel with your first movie.
3: So a good way to do something like that, either like, I guess a slasher movie or something like that would be first movie set up, hey, this is who my character is, this is why they're bad, this is what they're capable of, let's say like a small group, and then you do a follow-up movie going, yo... But what if you unleash him in a mall? <laughs> <laughs> I, I get...
1: I mean, that's probably like why the Scream franchise worked the way it did. Like you know, you have this like pretty solid like killer concept, and then there's like you know people who are inspired by him or like have a grudge that's like connected to him and stuff, and it just kind of goes from there. I, 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 mean, I guess that like leads us to like, hey, if a slasher film is gonna have a chance in the modern age. It has to be from a group of people that keep the original concept in mind and expand upon it. Just stop this, with... these two conversations with secretly convincing me to watch the new uh, Scream movie. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: I just want them to stop remaking movies, please. It's like that'll never happen. I, I know. <laughs> I, I know it won't. The problem is, it's a it's a safe bet. It's like, oh, it's Scream. I remember seeing that thirty years ago. <laughs> Stop saying numbers like that. (laughs) Like, holy shit, you're killing me. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I remember seeing Scream in, like, 1997 or whatever in the
1: theater. That's only 25 years.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, see, I made you say it. But yeah, it's like... like, What
1: year was Scream? Is this this another, like, I'll see you again in 25 years scenario?
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I, I, I... The way they're making that looks nice. At least the characters look older.
1: Yeah, the characters are older. Like, it's actually, like... So, I have a
3: feeling it's probably gonna be a solid movie, but it's, like, I don't want another Scream movie. Give me... I don't care. Give me another Ghostface movie that isn't Scream. Start something new. I don't
1: like... I mean, Ghostface... Give me the Mickey Mouse killer. Come on. It's literally just a dude with a knife. Like,
3: why would be... You know,
1: what what is scary about a dude... Uh, Do you know how many people survive getting stabbed most people survive getting stabbed. But what about twice? And, like, you know how many people survive getting, like, ow hit in the head with a baseball bat or some improvised weapon while, like, someone's stabbing them? Way less people! That's all I'm saying. Like, if Ghostface is coming at you, going to stab you, get the nearest blunt object and at least hit him in the head after he stabs you the first time. Boom, you've won the fight.
0: This Not... is the classic internet net knife versus bat argument. <laughs> <laughs> like, this... <laughs> But
3: also this dude in a mask. Dude,
0: What is he
1: going to do when you break his arm after he stabs you? It's going to take you a while to go down after getting stabbed unless he gets an yeah. instant kill shot. But like, also... Like, this is... I'm just it, saying. In
3: honesty... I'm glad
0: to know that you're on Team Bat.
3: <laughs> in honesty, you can also probably just move to the side really quickly. He's wearing a mask. His field of view must suck.
1: Yeah, it's I'm... Like, like, yo, like, <laughs> Ghostface is scary when he sneaks up on you and, like, gets you all confused and oh, you shit. know,
3: when he's playing the game of, like, calling you, saying, I know where you are, this, that, And When, when blah, he, blah, like, blah. when he
1: finds you in a hallway and you know a serial killer's on the loose coming after you, how are you not carrying something? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, that actually reminds me of one thing that I've heard is, um, it, Ghostface is a killer in Dead by Daylight, mm-hmm. and... He's technically the Ghostface because they couldn't get the rights to, I think, the actual character, but they could get the rights to the mask. (laughs) So he's technically not the Ghostface from the movies, but apparently the lore they wrote for the Dead by Daylight Ghostface is, like, amazing. Really? Yeah.
1: Damn, that's fantastic. (laughs)
0: Like, he's, like, a super scary, threatening killer.
3: I just want, like, this wild movie where it's, like a killer Mickey Mouse inside Disney World. There's no way
1: they'll ever make that I know they won't, but do you know how
3: wild that would be? Just fucking murdering kids, murdering their parents.
1: I mean, it'd be kind of cool if, like, during the movie, they, like, go to, like, this underground, like, facility underneath Disney World, and they find, like, Walt Disney in a cryogenic container or something. (laughs) Like, Disney just goes all in on, like, all the satire on themselves. It's just like, hey they man.
2: revive Walt Disney because he's the only one who can defeat them <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: like you know what? like if Disney did that, I'd respect how much of a stranglehold they have on things because if they're if they're w- are willing to laugh at themselves at that level, it's like okay, maybe we can still get things out of them like,
3: at this point, I'm getting tired of remakes and I'm getting tired of zombie movies.
1: <laughs> the Walking Dead killed zombie movies for me for like a
3: really like... long time. I enjoyed The Walking Dead season one, but after that, people became the biggest problem with The Walking Dead. <laughs> all
1: right, so this is going to be, like, a segue. All right. So I'm i I'm, I'm re-watching Common Rider Agito with Eric. And I swear I have a point here. So we're watching this scene. And, like, they set up earlier. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the last dude who was seen with this other guy who was murdered was, like, at this cafe with him on its 10th anniversary. And all the customers here had this, like, glass. they set that up. And just leave it in the back of your mind. And then this children's television show just shows this dude's cupboard later on. The cup is there. There's no dialogue to bring it to attention. Guy's kid's bringing it out It's like, pour tea into it. And then he accidentally knocks it over and it breaks. Guy comes over. He sees the broken cup. And you see, like, a pained expression on his face. Like, filled with guilt and some other emotions. This is a show for (laughs) ten-year-olds. And then I just remember what made me stop watching The Walking Dead. Where the lazy metaphor where he's explaining chess pieces. And it's like, okay, yes, we get it. The governor is like looking at himself like a king piece. And then the kid just goes, so you're kind of like the king. (laughs) I was like, absolutely fucking not. And then he pushes SpaghettiOs out a window and I just turned off the series forever. (laughs) Man. Fuck The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm going to come right out. I'm going to get shot by the audience. I'm okay with that. But fuck The Walking Dead. They talk down to their audience too much. And like... It's okay. It's like... <laughs>
3: it was about zombies and then they just became a minor inconvenience for the rest of the show.
2: It, it definitely, uh, I feel like, suffers uh, the lost problem of... They have this really cool like concept to start with. Um... And then they didn't really know where they were going to actually go with
1: it. <laughs> it's almost like a horror franchise that went
3: on too long. <laughs> it's only if people weren't crazy and knew how to communicate. <laughs> like half of these problems could have just been solved by talking. So, oh
1: man. Just like Common Rider. Misunderstandings and reverse. <laughs>
0: So I was talking with a group of other friends and we have came to a really weird conclusion, but have you guys seen 28 Days Later? Yeah. Yes. And have you seen 28 Weeks Later? Yes. All right. So somehow all of us in our group have seen 28 Weeks Later more than 28 Days Later and we're not sure how or why.
1: I know. So this is actually something that I thought about a lot.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, the thing is, is that I saw 28 Weeks Later before Days Later, because 28 Weeks Later had a bigger advertising budget and had a wider theatrical release than 28 Days Later. So I went thinking, like, oh, this is just, like, this new zombie, like, infected-type film. So I went and watched it, and I didn't find out that there was a first movie until after I was done with that.
3: (laughs) Did it shock you?
1: Um, it, it's the same thing with Crank. Like, uh, do you remember Crank High Voltage? Was, like, back in the MySpace days, where, like, there there was, like, banners for it everywhere? Uh-huh. I saw that movie. I didn't even know there was, a, like, a Crank one until after I saw that movie. <laughs> By the way, Crank 3 win. You, you set us up for a Crank 3, give me Crank 3. Ah, uh, yes. Early internet when you didn't really hear anything. But, you, th- yeah, that is not, like, an isolated experience. Like, that also is my experience on it. How about mm-hmm. you guys?
2: I'm apparently built different.
3: <laughs> and yeah. honestly, I can't tell you which one I watched first. I just know I watched both.
2: I've, I've watched both once, and, like, it was back-to-back. It was just, uh, you know, let's oh, you... watch these two. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I
3: don't know. I think I watched it, like, I think it used to be played on either sci-fi or one of the other cable sh- tv channels oh yeah uh- shout out to garo for referencing 28 days later <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. it's one of the better zombie movies out there infected movies so that was fun
1: i mean i kind of like that idea of like zombies where it's like they're not undead they're just ravenous and insane mm-hmm. and unreasonable
3: I, that movie it's like those movies are great it's like here's immediately after said effect and this is like half a year now This is what happened. I mean, if
1: they ever make a zombie movie where, like, the cause of it is, like, fungal spores, I'm not gonna watch the movie because that'll be too real for me.
0: The Last of Us.
1: Which is why I've never played The Last of Us. That's too real for me.
0: So, nah. (laughs)
1: Hey, man, I I know the story is so good. (laughs) Man, if anything's gonna cause a zombie virus to happen, it's not gonna be a virus. It's going to be a fungus that hijacks our higher brain function. And, like causes us to spread it to other people don't
3: worry it's gonna find out we're too stupid and won't be able to do anything what are
2: you, about? Like, are are you afraid do it? of mushrooms rob
1: yes actually <laughs> mushrooms mold like i don't trust I'm... anything whose brain is hidden miles underground and spreads throughout a forest i don't know if
2: you'll get this reference but um you you cannot kill me in a way that matters <laughs> <laughs> somebody out there will get it <laughs> <laughs> Low key,
1: this is just giving everybody ammunition. But like, man, fungus freaks me the fuck out.
3: Cool, I gotta go find some fungus movies. We should do is
0: get one of those packs where you get to like grow mushrooms from like toilet paper rolls and just leave it in Rob's closet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be very uncool.
0: <laughs> I do have something slightly related. Is um, so recently I have all of a sudden became a board game player. <laughs> and I got this one new one and there's a Kickstarter going on right now for like this series 2 which will probably be over by the time this is out so GG if you want the game but there's a like solo board game called Final Girl where you're taking the role of like the last surviving heroine of a horror movie and you're trying to rescue like NPCs and defeat the killer slash monster and it's just like a pretty neat game for like playing out a horror movie. I've
2: actually heard about this. I've, yeah. I've heard it's fun.
0: It's really fun. It's super like RNG dependent sometimes because like I'm having a good run about to like rescue people and then the killer like nothing personal kid behind <laughs> me and a group of survivors and just like Super Saiyan power up murdering them. But yeah, if you're into board games and I guess solo board games, that might be something to check out. Okay, so. This has been Spooky Points Articulated. You can follow us online at Articulated dot com, and you can send us an email at zeropointsarticulated at gmail dot com.
1: Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this month's yeah this month's. <laughs> I, I, it's still ingrained in me to say weeks, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this month's episode. Um, we'll be back with uh, Pat's picks for movies uh, next episode. Uh, we're also starting a uh, a new um a new project uh, starting next month's episode and following um, we're going to be taking a look at a horror um, podcast called uh, Magnus Archives we'll be reviewing about a season a month so if you want to follow along you can find it um, on the Rusty Quill um, they also have their episodes up on Spotify and YouTube so if you want to follow along please give them a listen they are fantastic
2: And don't forget to stay spooky. Okay,
1: perfect.